The Guardian. Support for this Guardian podcast comes from Squarespace, providing creative tools that help you bring your ideas to life. Squarespace offers free domain names, customizable designs, and 24-7 support. Go to squarespace.com and use the offer code GUARDIAN to get 10% off. I'm Jacqueline Wilson, and this is for the Guardian Children's Books podcast. I'm going to read a little extract from my new anthology of cat and dog stories. It's called Paws and Whiskers. Do you have a cat or a dog? When I was a little girl, I desperately wanted a pet. But we lived in a council flat and there was a strict rule that we weren't allowed to have animals. I suppose we might have been allowed to have a goldfish, but they're not the most responsive pets in the world. I wanted a furry little animal I could cuddle. I made a big fuss of my best friend's cat and begged to take my godmother's dog for a walk, but it wasn't quite the same as having my own pet. I started collecting little china ornaments of cats and dogs who went for walks up and down my bedroom windowsill. Then my mum gave me a toy Pekingese dog for a special summer holiday present. He was life-size and very realistic looking. I adored him on sight and called him Vip, short for Very Important Person. He slept in my arms at night and I carried him everywhere during the day. Not to school, of course. I didn't want to be teased. But Vip came to the shops with me and out to play with special friends. He even attended birthday parties and got fed lots of extra sausages on sticks. I vowed that as soon as I was grown up, I'd have a real dog and a real cat. But it's actually taken me a long time to achieve my ambition. I've lived in small flats where it wouldn't be fair to keep a pet and then I've travelled a great deal without anyone at home to look after a little animal. But now I'm much more of a home bird and at long last I've got the right sort of house for pets. I decided to start with cats as they're more independent than dogs and don't mind too much if you have to go out to give a talk or do a book signing. I started to research all the different breeds of cat and considered having a pedigree kitten. But then I thought about all the little unwanted cats in rescue centres, small Tracy Beaker type cats desperate to find a loving home. I went to the wonderful Battersea Dogs and Cats home and wandered around their spacious cat cabins looking for someone really special. There were cats of all sizes and colours and types, so I was totally spoiled for choice. I went from one to another, liking them all, wondering how I was ever going to choose. And then, right at the end, I saw a small grey and white kitten, and I fell instantly in love. My boy Jacob is four now, and the sweetest, most affectionate cat ever. I've given him a little sister, Lily, also from Battersea. She came to us as a very bedraggled kitten who'd been abandoned and had been very ill. She still has a few problems, but you'd never know it. She's the most lively, funny little girl who dashes around everywhere. She totally adores Jacob and cuddles up close to him at night. He's very protective of her. 
When she first started going outdoors, he trotted along beside her, watching her every step. And when she suddenly darted up a tree and got stuck, he followed her and demonstrated how to climb down in a tactful and brotherly manner. In a little while, I think it will be time to get a dog at last, a small one who doesn't mind cats. I'll go to Battersea and see who I can find, and then my family will be complete. I don't think I'll choose a little dog like Jip, who's going to feature in the extract I'm about to read. You will find out why in a minute. Now, I had measles very badly when I was six years old and had to spend weeks in bed. I wasn't allowed to read in case it strained my eyes, so I was incredibly bored. I played fretful games with my paper dolls and listened to the radio. We didn't have a television then. When my dad came home from work, he could sometimes be persuaded to read to me. He valiantly worked his way through all three faraway tree books and then in desperation went to the set of Dickens novels that stayed unread in the bookcase. He started reading David Copperfield aloud. I was too young to understand all of it, but I loved the first few chapters, especially the passage where young David plays with little Emily in the boathouse at Yarmouth. I laughed at the part where the grown-up David starts courting Dora. She strikes me as a highly irritating heroine now, so coy and girly and helpless. But I still adore her jealous little dog, Jip. The following passage is where David meets Jip for the first time. It was a fine morning and early and I thought I would go and take a stroll down one of those wire arch walks and indulge my passion by dwelling on her image. On my way through the hall I encountered her little dog who was called Jip, short for Gypsy. I approached him tenderly for I loved even him but he showed his whole set of teeth, got under a chair expressly to snarl and wouldn't hear of the least familiarity. The garden was cool and solitary. I walked about, wondering what my feelings of happiness would be if I could ever become engaged to this dear wonder. As to marriage and fortune and all that, I believe I was almost as innocently undesigning then as when I loved little Emily. To be allowed to call her Dora, to write to her, to dote upon and worship her, to have reason to think that when she was with other people she was yet mindful of me, seemed to me the summit of human ambition. I'm sure it was the summit of mine. There is no doubt whatever that I was a lackadaisical young spoonie. But there was a purity of heart in all this still that prevents my having quite a contemptuous recollection of it, let me laugh as I may. I had not been walking long when I turned a corner and met her. I tingle again from head to foot as my recollection turns that corner and my pen shakes in my hand. You are out early, Miss Spenlow, said I. It's so stupid at home, she replied, and Miss Murdstone is so absurd. She talks such nonsense about its being necessary for the day to be aired before I come out. Aired? She laughed here in the most melodious manner. On a Sunday morning, when I don't practice, I must do something. So I told Papa last night I must come out. Besides, it's the 
brightest time of the whole day, don't you think so? I hazarded a bold flight and said, not without stammering, that it was very bright to me then, though it had been very dark to me a minute before. Do you mean a compliment, said Dora, or that the weather has really changed? I stammered worse than before in replying that I meant no compliment but the plain truth. Though I was not aware of any change having taken place in the weather, it was in the state of my own feelings, I added bashfully, to clench the explanation. I never saw such curls. How could I? For there never were such curls, as though she shook out to hide her blushes. As to the straw hat and blue ribbons, which was at the top of the curls, if I could only have hung it up in my room in Buckingham Street, what a priceless possession it would have been. You have just come home from Paris, said I. Yes, said she. Have you ever been there? No. Oh, I hope you'll go soon. You would like it so much. Traces of deep-seated anguish appeared in my countenance. That she should hope I would go, that she should think it possible I could go, was insupportable. I depreciated Paris. I depreciated France. I said I wouldn't leave England under existing circumstances for any earthly consideration. Nothing should induce me. In short, she was shaking the curls again when the little dog came running along the walk to our relief. He was mortally jealous of me and persisted in barking at me. She took him up in her arms, oh my goodness, and caressed him. But he insisted upon barking still. He wouldn't let me touch him when I tried. And then she beat him. It increased my sufferings greatly to see the patch she gave him for punishment on the bridge of his blunt nose while he winked his eyes and licked her hand and still growled within himself like a little double bass. At length he was quiet. Well, he might be with her dimpled chin upon his head. And we walked away to look at a greenhouse. You are not very intimate with Miss Murdstone, are you? said Dora. My pet. The two last words were to the dog. Oh, if they'd only been to me. No, I replied, not at all so. She is a tiresome creature, said Dora, pouting. I can't think what Papa can have been about when he chose such a vexatious thing to be my companion. Who wants a protector? I am sure I don't want a protector. Jip can protect me a great deal better than Miss Murdstone. Can't you, Jip, dear? He only winked lazily when she kissed his ball of a head. Papa calls her my confidential friend, but I'm sure she's no such thing, is she, Jip? We are not going to confide in any such cross people, Jip and I. We mean to bestow our confidence where we like and to find out our own friends instead of having them found out for us, don't we, Jip? Jip made a comfortable noise in answer, a little like a tea kettle when it sings. As for me, every word was a new heap of fetters riveted above the last. It is very hard, because we have not a kind mamma, that we are to have instead a sulky, gloomy old thing like Miss Murdstone, always following us about, isn't it, Jip? Never mind, Jip. We won't be confidential and we'll make ourselves as happy as we can in spite of her and we'll tease her and not please her, won't we, Jip? If it had lasted any longer, I think I must have gone down on my knees on the gravel with the probability before me of grazing them and of being presently ejected from the premises besides. 
But, by good fortune, the greenhouse was not far off, and these words brought us to it. It contained quite a show of beautiful geraniums. We loitered along in front of them, and Dora often stopped to admire this one or that one, and I stopped to admire the same one, and Dora, laughing, held the dog up childishly to smell the flowers. And if we were not all three in fairyland, certainly I was. The scent of a geranium leaf at this day strikes me with a half-comical, half-serious wonder as to what changes come over me in a moment. And then I see a straw hat and blue ribbons and a quantity of curls and a little black dog being held up in two slender arms against a bank of blossoms and bright leaves. Support for this Guardian podcast comes from Squarespace, providing creative tools that help you bring your ideas to life. Squarespace offers free domain names, customizable designs, drag-and-drop tools, and 24-7 support. Squarespace also offers seamless e-commerce solutions for you or your small business. Every design automatically includes a unique mobile experience that matches the overall style of your website, so your content will look brilliant on any device. Start your free trial today, no credit card required. As a Guardian podcast listener, you'll get 10% off your new account by using the offer code GUARDIAN. For more great downloads, go to theguardian.com slash audio.